0: My mom always told me, lo único que no tiene solución es la muerte. Everything else you can find a solution for it. (laughs) I started just doing my own research. Uh, Regular medicine wasn't working for me and I started to look for alternative methods of healing. At my worst, I couldn't get out of bed. I would just get out of bed to shower, have breakfast, and I would go back to bed. And I lived like that for three years while I figured out what was going on.
1: (laughs) You are listening to Episode 2, Season 2 of the Latina Mom Legacy Podcast. How would you feel if the doctors told you that your illness was all in your head? On today's show, I have a Latina mom of one that was told exactly that. Join us as Sara Godby takes us through her journey living with two diseases and how she's taken control of her body through nutrition and wellness and how Beauty Counter has empowered her. Plus, she has great tips on raising her one-year-old bilingual baby. And if you stick around till the end, she has a special beauty gift just for you. Así que no te lo pierdas. You're listening to the Latina Mom Legacy Podcast, where we empower moms raising bilingual kids, talk about growing up Hispanic and tradiciones, and celebrate motherhood. It's time to keep it real. Learn tips and tricks from other moms like you and start creating a legacy your abuela would be proud of. If you're a Latina mom or have a multicultural family like mine, then you're in the right place. I am your host, proud immigrant daughter, rock star wife, mom to four-year-old Victoria Grace, soy yo, mi legacy founder and cafecito lover, Danny Pérez. Hola, hola, how are you? I hope that you're doing well. Hey, ¿qué les pareció episode one? Did it inspire you to put action behind your thoughts? I hope it did. I know it inspired Mommy Pants, who left me a review. Mommy Pants, if you're listening, mil gracias. Mommy Pants says, estoy feliz, me puse las pilas. I love this podcast, and I feel supported in this mama journey. Definitely hooked. Mommy Pants, that means so much. My goal is always to inspire you and and give you that extra push. So, Mommy Pants, if you're listening, send me an email to janny at the latinamomlegacy.com. I have a special gift just for you, porque quiero darte las gracias. A ver, ¿qué les cuento? Nada, staying motivated, moving forward. Victoria has started Spanish again, so I'm happy about that. I started my coaching classes, and that's totally new for me. I was skeptical at first, but... Actually, I'm really loving it. Every week we get together virtually and we have like a to-do list and it's just, it's keeping me motivated. I also started my uh, accountability group. If you don't know what that means, that's a group of, like-minded people that kind of get together once a week, once a month, and you kind of hold each other accountable. So you kind of share your thoughts and ideas, and then you try to keep tabs throughout the week, just seeing where people are at. So that's been really good with uh, mis amigas. now nada, I'm drinking lots of water. That's like a first (laughs) because I hate water. I mean, I have to say I love water. I love water. You love water. (laughs) <laughs> Subliminal messages. <laughs> I'm proud of myself. I've been drinking water, cutting down on the coffee because you know I love my cafecito. So I'm cutting back. I'm you know making good changes for overall well-being. And speaking of well-being, I am really excited to share with you today's guest, Sarah Godby. Sara's story is amazing. She's managed to take control of her life through health and nutrition. Uh, She's managing, guys, not one, but two diseases. She has the most adorable one-year-old that (laughs) makes a little surprise appearance. She's so inspiring, and she shares with, with us such great tips. I can't wait to, to share the interview with you. Espero que les guste. Ya saben, pa' delante, pa' atrás, ni pa' coger impulso. Keep moving forward. The end of the month is coming. February is around the corner. Valentine's Day, love, amor, devotion, <laughs> all that good stuff. I'll see you around. ciao ciao.
0: Hola Jenny, como estas? Hola Sara, how are you? Good, good. How are you doing?
1: I am doing so great. I am so excited to have you on today's show. You are our very first guest of the year. Yay! I'm excited. Thank you for this opportunity. You have such a great story. As we start the new year, we all want to do things that, that empower us, make changes for the better of our lives and our wellness. And I think that I certainly want to know more about how you've managed to change your lifestyle through your nutrition, through your diet, through what you put into your body to manage this disease that you have. So thank you so much for being on.
0: No, thank you. I am super excited to share, you know, this has been a long journey, but if I can help somebody feel identified or feel a little bit better that they can take control of their health, then that is such a good, huge reward for me. And we are all so different that what may work for you might not work for me. So actually getting a knowledge overall of like a little bit of what nutrition is and these little small steps that we can do to improve our health. It's huge because then you can apply them to your personal situation and try things out here
1: and there. I love that little steps. I'm all about little tiny steps to reach your goals as opposed to looking towards the end of the line, because sometimes it just seems so far away and so unattainable that. You just kind of get lost in the process. But if you focus on today making small changes, they can have such big impacts on your health, on your wellness, on every part of your life.
0: Absolutely. Because today, like when we look at it, today is all we have. So if I can make good choices today, tomorrow is a start over and then I can make good choices tomorrow. If I start thinking, oh, man, I have one year, two years to make good choices. That just seems daunting. But if I just concentrate on today, like today I'm going to choose to take care of myself, to nourish my body, to take care of me, then tomorrow we can do the same thing over and over. And it makes it a little bit more manageable for
1: sure. Absolutely. Tara, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, your family.
0: Yes. So I am from Mexico. I was born and raised there in Querétaro. I lived there until I was 18 years old. And then when I was 18 years old, I moved to France to study French for a year, just take a year before college and figure out some things. I met my husband there. We were both studying abroad. So that's that's really fun. Oh, fun. (laughs) Yeah. He's from the US. So he is from Cincinnati, Ohio. He was going to school here. I went back to Mexico. We dated long distance. And then we both moved back to France because we loved it there. And then we ended up getting married. And now we live here in the U.S. We live in Cincinnati, Ohio. I have been here for nine years. It's going to be nine years this February. We live downtown. So we live in the urban core. And we absolutely love it because we can walk places. And we can get to know the the shopkeepers and everything. Which has been super great. Especially coming from Europe where we were used to doing that all the time. Mm -hmm. I really missed it when we moved to the U.S. So moving downtown kind of gave us a little bit of that same pace of life, same culture. And we now have a baby girl. She is going to be one year old next Saturday.
1: Oh, congrats.
0: Yes, all of my family is still in Mexico, so I definitely do miss them. I miss having them around. We try to go visit about a year, every year or so, but it is definitely hard not having them here.
1: So your parents are still in Mexico?
0: Yes, everybody is there. I am the only one who is here.
1: Now do you have siblings, do you have brothers and sisters?
0: I do. I have two younger brothers and they are both in Mexico with
1: my parents. Oh it's so hard when you're away from your family. I mean my family lives in Florida, but even then it's just like not having that immediate like family support, especially as Latinas. like family for us is everything. Nothing can replace having them physically there. Now, is your husband Hispanic? You said he was born here and like, is his family American or where's his family from?
0: He is American. Yes. Through and through. Uh I think I am. He's the first one to marry somebody from a different ethnicity. His family, they're great. They are both very welcoming of me. We've never had an issue with that or anything like that. But it was definitely just a little bit like, huh? Okay.
1: That's different. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So Sarah, let's talk a little bit about your daughter. Now she is one or she's turning one? She is. She's turning one next Saturday. Actually, Aww. Sunday. next Sunday. Yeah. Are you planning on raising her to be bilingual? Do you speak to her in Espanol? Do you speak to her in French? Because you said that you guys met in France. Like how is the dynamic working now that she's she's 12 months old?
0: So we absolutely are planning to raise her bilingual. I am very fortunate that my husband is very fluent in Spanish. He even knows the slang and everything. So we both talk to her both in Spanish and English right now. So right now, my husband works a lot. So she's with me 95% of the time. So Mm -hmm. I do speak to her both in Spanish and English, but it's predominantly Spanish right now. The only thing that she can say right now is dada, papa, and mama. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, we are not to the point yet where she's enunciating other words, but we soon will be. So, what we do right now, when she's an infant, is we do lots of books. Esta no es mi sirenita. Tiene demasiadas escamas. Esta no es mi sirenita. Tiene una peineta con surcos. We went to Mexico in November. For a family wedding and I just went to a bookstore and bought her all of the books because we didn't want them to be, you know, one page in Spanish, one page in English. I wanted them to be all in
1: Spanish. I read so much in English and in Spanish and people may think I'm a little nuts, but I would read up to like throughout the day, of course, but I would read about 20 to 30 books easily a day. I mean, because the baby books are short books anyway. Yeah, That is the biggest like tip that i have is read read to them early on
0: yes absolutely reading is so important I, I personally love books i devour books so i wanted to instill the same thing in our daughter we also read to her in french we got it, we went to france on our little baby moon before she was born and we same thing i went to a bookstore got it, a lot of books and that has actually helped me to not lose it you know, because I'm reading, I'm like, oh, man, I sound terrible. I need to practice. So, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So we, we both, my husband and I absolutely love languages. We're fascinated by them. So we want to instill that in her because I know that it's going to be such a useful skill, for Yes. Her, you know, whether she decides to go to college or not or whatever she wants to do in life, having three languages that she can speak would
1: be amazing. Do you have any favorites that you can share with us?
0: We love the Usborne books, the yes. Little board books, like That's Not My in Spanish. We have a couple of those that we love. If you don't have the means to get books or you just want something that's carefree, the best thing to do is to narrate your day in Spanish to your child. At least that's what I found that works well for me. So if I'm cooking, I'll tell her, Hey, estoy cocinando, te voy a hacer unas zanahorias y si ahorita vamos a comer una carnita déjame te siento en tu silla so just narrating what I am doing to her in Spanish those have been the best resources for me right now because as a new mom and you know just kind of like trying to figure things out I didn't want to get too overwhelmed with like oh we need to do sign language and we need to do this and that (laughs) yes so my (laughs) recommendation is to just make it stress make it stress-free make it work for your family and Tiny bits in there here from different methods to make kind of like your
1: own. Absolutely. I think that like especially the first year. First of all, you're figuring out how to be a mom.
0: Yes. Like that's so overwhelming and so hard
1: sometimes that I didn't want to add another layer of stress. Agree a hundred percent. I don't think I started really speaking to her in Spanish. Until she was a little bit older, because English is my natural inclination, and I'm not surrounded by Spanish speakers. When they're little, you kind of feel weird. For me, it's really weird to talk to her in French. And I haven't it's done the, it. Exactly. I've just read
0: to her in French, but I haven't been like, okay, let's, we're going to do French now. Like, no, it's Spanish, because that's what's natural for me.
1: Exactly, exactly. As they continue to grow and you start seeing them being receptive to, to the language, you will feel so great. Like you hit these little tiny milestones or these victories and you're like, oh, I quiero comer. That has been my biggest motivator to continue to push. I'm telling you, they, they absorb everything. And the time and energy that you put into it now, you will see... Three years, four years from now, because I'm telling you, I'm seeing it now.
0: Yeah, definitely. When we went to Mexico, people were asking me all the time, is she going to speak Spanish? And I was actually kind of offended by it.
1: because
0: (laughs) Just because we live here, it does not mean that we're going to forgo part of her heritage. You know what I mean? It's like, of course she is. Like, absolutely. That's
1: just like a no-brainer. What I say, some Spanish is better than no Spanish. I'm going to provide links to all of Sarah's recommendations for us born books in the podcast notes, or uh, you can also click on the blog post at the latinamomlegacy.com. So I'll have that ready. Awesome. Those are great tips, Sarah. Thank you so much. Are you a parent wanting to raise a bilingual child que habla espanol? Well, I have a freebie just for you. Simply go to thelatinamomlegacy.com to download your free 20-page How to Raise a Bilingual Child Guide with personal tips, toy recommendations, and much more. Remember, your journey doesn't have to be perfect, but you have to start somewhere. That's thelatinamomlegacy.com. Now let's talk a little bit about, like, did you celebrate Los Reyes Magos?
0: We did. Yes, we love Reyes Magos. Actually, my husband and I, we don't do it every year. But the first years that we were married, he didn't really know what it was. So I mm-hmm. kind of surprised him the first year and, you know, got his shoe from the closet, put it under the tree and got him a present. And he thought it was hilarious and kind of weird. He didn't really understand. But we didn't do it this year with Isabella. Uh, because she is not really into presents. We did it for Christmas and she just wanted the wrapping paper. Yes. <laughs> so we just kind of gave her some, you know, we put her shoe out and we gave her some wrapping paper, but we didn't actually give her a gift because she was more enthralled with the wrapping paper.
1: Yeah. But we,
0: yeah, we love Reyes Magos. I actually am going to make Rosca de Reyes tomorrow, Saturday. We have some friends from Spain coming over. So I was like, great, because we never have people to celebrate Reyes Magos with. So That's we're awesome. having a to tomorrow and I'm gonna make a gluten-free rosca de reyes. Hopefully it will turn out good.
1: Now the, the rosca de reyes is it what is it, like pan? So it's um
0: it is bread-based. It's a yeasty dough that is formed in, in oval shape with a hole in the middle, and then it's topped with powdered sugar mixed with lard and of course. pressed <laughs> of course, yes, and pressed fruit strips. But okay. there's no gel in it. It's just fruit and sugar that gets formed into a paste. And then you cut it up in strips and you put it on top of the rosca together with the sugar and, and lard mixture.
1: I mean, when you see sugar and lard, it doesn't sound so good. But we all know oh, that, so you know, good. <laughs> la manteca, oh <laughs> my man- to be honest, I have never tasted rosca de reyes first of all there's a little baby or is it baby jesus that- it's a little baby jesus oh, it's <laughs> like a little plastic baby jesus i know it's weird and then you cut
0: a piece and then in mexico whenever so you have your rosca de reyes there is random baby jesus spread out through the whole thing and then you cut your piece and whoever gets the baby jesus has to throw a party with tamales
1: is it just one baby jesus in, in la rosca or son varios no son varios Oh, you know, como, I
0: thought
1: it was just one. No, oh, so so three lucky people. <laughs> yes. Get
0: to bring tamales, Anatole, and just get I don't know, I feel like we just love excuses to get together and eat, you know, <laughs> so the more baby Jesus in a rosca, the better.
1: <laughs> well, I mean at the center of the Latino family, I'm sorry, is food. It's food, cheese, me, and getting together and just having a good time. That's, I mean, everything revolves around that.
0: Yeah, it does. And it is, it's fantastic. And that's like, for me, I love cooking and I love feeding people. It's one of, it's how I show love to others too. It's by feeding them. I made some polvorones gluten-free too, because I was craving them. and, And they just tasted amazing. My husband was a little skeptical about it, but he tried it and he's like, yep, this is good. I love Rosca de Reyes, Tamales, Atole, all the things, all the Christmas food, all this from December to January is so well good. Well, I'm going
1: to ask you for yearly. a recipe from one of those delicious things that you just mentioned. And I'm very curious about the gluten-free Rosca de Reyes. So Sarah, going back to health, because that was, <laughs> that was the intention of the show, tell us a little bit about your disease what it's called how you found out that that you had this
0: yeah absolutely I would love to share so back in around 2011 we were getting married we ended up unexpectedly moving to the US so it was a lot of stress and I started having anxiety attacks and migraines really strong migraines And through trial and error, i found out that that cutting out processed food from my diet and fragrances made a huge difference. It was a difference between getting a migraine and not getting a migraine. So that's when I got a little bit into, huh, food actually makes a difference. You know, growing up in Mexico, we were surrounded by fresh food. Same thing in Europe, but in the US, you know, we went to a lot of like McDonald's and Burger King and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And that did not help me either because my body wasn't used to that type of food. Fast forward a couple of years, my health issues kind of started to creep up. I started having hormonal problems, so my cycles became very irregular. I had really bad cramps. Uh, My heart was going out of rhythm, random pains throughout my body, just a lot of really scary symptoms, and I didn't really know what was going on. Finally got diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is an autoimmune disease of the thyroid and Lyme disease back in about 2013
1: oh wow
0: yeah we later found out that i got bit by a tick in france
1: oh really yeah you you hear that you hear that that's how people get but is that the only way that you can get or you could get it through other through other things
0: you can get it through other things so you can get it through a mosquito bite or a spider bite because these little insects carry the lyme bacteria there's different infections bacterial infections that make lyme disease Mm -hmm. So if you get bit by a tick, you might get one or several infections of them. So I got a couple of infections from a tick bite in France. I just completely dismissed it. I didn't even know I got bit. But when I got the testing done for Lyme disease, my doctor was like, well, I think this is incorrect because here it says that this species of tick that bit you is European and you live here. And I'm like, well, I lived in Europe for several years. So we kind of. Did the timeline, and after my year abroad in France is when I started to feel kind of lousy. We When we lived in France, we went hiking all the time through the woods. We lived in the south of France, in Toulouse, so I definitely was exposed. Oh. It was a lot. It was a whirlwind of new marriage, new diagnosis, new culture, new country, new everything. And I think that also kind of didn't help my situation that I was just too stressed out by yeah. everything.
1: Like you hear about it. Like I think Justin Bieber came out that he has Lyme disease, right? Yes.
0: Yeah. There is a couple of celebrities. Thalia has Lyme
1: disease. In all honesty, like I knew that you get it for ticks, but I have no idea. Like what does it do to your body?
0: So that depends highly on the person and how susceptible your body is. So for me, the symptoms were mainly body pain and neurological symptoms. So I was getting dizzy spells, vertigo, confusion. I couldn't remember who I was or where I was. Um, my hands would tingle. My body would hurt. My knees would hurt. Lyme disease is called a great imitator because it actually imitates other diseases. So they might diagnose you with multiple sclerosis, for example, when it's actually Lyme disease. And it's not oh, wow. very, it's not very known. But it is a huge epidemic. They say that right now, Lyme disease is more prevalent than breast cancer and HIV. Really? Yes, but so many people go undiagnosed, they just go through life feeling lousy and they don't know why.
1: This is why when you hear people's stories, it really empowers you because somebody out there could be experiencing all these different things. If you go to a doctor and you still feel like crap after they've done the test, you know what? Go to another doctor. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Know? I went to about 10 doctors before I found somebody who was willing to help me. Most of them just told me, hey, you know what? You're depressed. You just need some antidepressants. Wow. And I was like, I do not. Like, I know in my gut there is something wrong with me. And I just kept pressing and pressing and pressing until I got some answers.
1: That's key. What you just said. Listen to your gut. Yes. Yeah. Almost
0: always right. I knew that there was something wrong.
1: That little voice inside you, and I even say this as a new mom, don't doubt yourself. If you have a little voice inside you telling you something about your baby, about your body, listen to that voice because es por algo. Yes, absolutely. So you got diagnosed with Lyme disease then you got diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroid disease. I'm sure that when you found this out that kind of threw you for a loop. So what did the doctor say?
0: So it did throw me for a loop but it was also very reassuring to put a name to what was going on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know. Exactly. No Exactamente, real, fix. You know, so the first doctor that I saw he kind of said, well, these are the things that you have. You, there's nothing you can do about it. For Hashimoto's thyroiditis, your thyroid gets sluggish. For those of you who don't know, your thyroid affects every single organ and system in your body. So you absolutely need hormone to function. So he said, well, what you can do is you can take a pill, you know, your thyroid hormone replacement pill. Mm-hmm. And your body will keep atti- attacking your thyroid until there is nothing there left. So we can either take it out now or let your body follow its course. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Mm -mm, I'm not accepting that. No, I refuse to believe that there is absolutely nothing that I can do about this. Mm -hmm. You know, my mom always told me, lo único que no tiene solución es la muerte. Everything else, you can find a solution for it. (laughs) I started just doing my own research. Uh, Regular medicine wasn't working for me. And I started to look for alternative methods of healing. And that's how I stumbled upon functional medicine and holistic medicine and uh, paleo diet and all this stuff.
1: So you start researching all these things. And then what do you do?
0: At my worst, I couldn't get out of bed. So I would just, you know, get out of bed to shower, have breakfast, and I would go back to bed. And I lived like that for three years while I figured out what was going on. And while I got better, I feel like I went down the holistic medicine rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things that I did is that I started changing my diet. So I found a paleo diet. And the other thing that I did that I wish I had done sooner is hired somebody to help me out. So I hired a functional diagnostic nutritionist. So functional medicine is this branch of medicine that wants to know the root cause of your disease and fix the root cause. Because once you fix the root cause, you will see your symptom reduction. Where in normal Western medicine, they manage your symptoms with a pill. And that's mm-hmm. not something that I was interested in doing.
1: Sarah, you started working with the nutrition coach and then you found the paleo diet. I found the paleo
0: diet first just by doing my own research. And the branch of the paleo diet that I found is called autoimmune paleo which is a paleo diet targeted for people with autoimmune disease. And it's meant to cut out certain food groups that might be
1: triggering your immune system. What is the paleo diet? Like what is this particular diet that you, that you follow? Mm -hmm.
0: So The paleo diet, the Mm. most popular definition is that it is following the diet that our ancestors followed. So lots of meat, lots of vegetables, lots of fruit, because that was what was available before agriculture hit. Paleo diet concentrates on avoiding dairy and grains. It's more an anti-inflammatory diet. The more that I did research and realized that what is inflammatory for me might not be inflammatory for you. You might really? be able to eat
1: potatoes, okay, but potatoes for me might be kryptonite. I can definitely see that because I know that for me in particular, when I have like the, the flaky phyllo dough pastry oh, yes, love sweet, that. Un pastelito de sweet, like if I have two of those, I will feel really sick. But what the autoimmune paleo diet does is
0: it's just a template that says, well, for most people with autoimmune disease, there are certain food groups that don't work. Eggs, nuts, seeds, nightshades, which are tomatoes, potatoes, and peppers. Coffee and chocolate, and grains, Coffee. and dairy. Yeah. So <laughs> I went into me mataste. <laughs> no, yo casi me muero. This was the hardest year of my life. I this is supposed to be a long, a short-term approach, by the way, which is not something that I understood at the time, and I did it for way too long. The only thing that I cannot have very many because I get a little upset tummy is grains. But I can do nightshades. You know, I live off of salsa and potatoes and corn. Mm-hmm. It was really hard to cut that out for a year, especially going back to Mexico to visit my parents and saying, hey, you know what? I cannot have tortillas. They're like, <gasps> salsa. They were all scandalized. They're like, why are you doing this? This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, no <laughs> tortillas.
1: So I didn't eat tortillas for a year, which was terrible. Oh my goodness. It- I, just, I mean, I'm, I'm not even Mexican and I would die without going without tortillas for a year. <laughs> yeah, it, it was very, very hard. And then once I hired my health coach,
0: she was like, she explained this to me. She's like, okay, like this, I'm glad that you did this, but we need to start reintroducing some foods into your diet.
1: So you hired this nutrition advisor. Can yes. I say okay, What is she or he saying?
0: So she was a specialist on autoimmune disease and kind of finding the root cause of autoimmune disease and fixing that. We started working, we met every every week, I started talking to her and we worked on the pillars of health. So we worked on nutrition, we worked on mindset, we worked with supplements, and we worked with stress reduction.
1: We did so so much
0: testing mm -hmm. to kind of see where my organ systems were at and support all of them
1: you work on all these different areas does she give you a diet does she give you some yes. supplements
0: so she did she did an intake form and put a plan for me yes so when i was looking into okay what am i putting in my body i want to put the highest quality new, most nutritious food in my body i need to do the same for my skin so i started looking at the ingredients in my skincare products and whenever cuz like i said before i love to do research so whenever i would research ingredient x i would see that it disrupts hormones it can cause cancer it has all these terrible side effects and i'm like why am i taking such good care of my body by food why am i not doing the same with my skincare Hmm. so that's when i started to switch my mind around that and say like this is as important as putting stuff in my body because my body was it was already so hurt. I didn't want to add more fuel to the fire. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to take care of it inside and out. So that's kind of how I got into this whole clean beauty movement.
1: So all these things that you put on your skin affects the way you feel fragrance because you had mentioned fragrance as well.
0: Yes, yeah, so fragrance also, fragrance is such a broad term. So fragrance can be in your cream, you know, your cream, the smell, that mm-hmm. can be a fragrance. Also, there's candles that have fragrances or a perfume that's a fragrance. So now fragrances are a little tricky because in a company can, whenever they list out their ingredients, can list fragrance. And underneath that fragrance, it's a cocktail of chemicals that make that smell be what it is and mm-hmm. stay. You also have natural fragrances, which I like to call more like scents, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, you can have orange oil and rose oil, and those are fine. They're natural. They're naturally occurring in the world. Those don't have any toxicity for our body. But the chemical fragrances sadly do. And there is, we can include this in the show notes. There is this page called the Environmental Working Group, where you can, it's like a huge Google, where you Mm -hmm. can put an ingredient that you can find in your skincare and it will tell you exactly what it is and how toxic it is from 1 to 10. Wow. So fragrances are at a 9 of toxicity. Wow. Which really? Is pretty, it is pretty Yes, it is pretty powerful. Get out. I had no idea. And this is a thing that we don't know. So if we don't know, we might be spraying this and stuff and saying like why are my hormones out of whack? Like a huge thing about fragrances is that they can mess with your hormonal balance and so as you know, we women our hormonal balance is everything our cycle is a masterpiece it's so fine-tuned there's so many hormones that have to interact together Mm -hmm. so whenever you throw a wrench in there you get problems like cramps and cystic acne hormonal acne ovarian cysts irregular periods trouble conceiving all this stuff that
1: it shouldn't be there is there a a specific like label like for do you know like for creams or for fragrance that it's like chemical free yeah. or <laughs> so
0: the, the tricky thing with the cosmetic industry is that manufacturers are not obligated to disclose their ingredients to you which Ooh, is pretty scary. scary so the easy thing to do is go to the environmental working group type in your product for example brand x face cleanser Mm -hmm. And it will tell you there from 0 to 10 how toxic it is. So anything up to a 3 is okay. More than a 3, I wouldn't be comfortable using it, especially not on my baby. They actually do have a label called uh, EWG Verified where those products are the safest. So if you just want to do, you know, you don't want to do your own research, you want to look for that label, then I would look for that label in that database.
1: I'm all about knowledge is power. Yes. And the more you know of, of what you're putting into your body, this is such a great resource. Thank you so much. So you start healing yourself from the inside out, everything that you're putting into your body, what you're putting topically, what you're smelling. How do you get involved with Beauty Counter? And what is Beauty Counter?
0: So I got involved with Beauty Counter because I love beauty products. Let me just say that since I was 12 (laughs) years old, I was exfoliating and putting face masks on. We have this arreglada culture in Mexico where you go out (laughs) looking your best. And I love that. And I actually wanted to embrace that. But I'm like, how can I keep that with? natural products because I had tried safer alternatives before but I was never happy with the performance you know the foundation was cakey the lip stain the lip gloss was just not good the mascara was running out I wanted makeup that stayed on pigments that were rich and bold and I tried some food-based makeup because that's a thing
1: and food wait wait food-based makeup I've yeah never so it's of
0: makeup that. that it's supposed to be so pure that you can eat it so it'll be for example um a blush <laughs> would be um uh, coconut Sorry. oil. I'm, with, just, I'm
1: just like yeah, having a picture of like whipped cream on your face. <laughs> pretty
0: much. It will be like coconut oil with beet juice to make a cheek stain, which I know some people do that. And that's fine. But I was not happy with that. I tried that. I mean, I went so crunchy that I was literally washing my hair with mud and <laughs> rinsing it with apple cider vinegar and stinking like feet all day long. I lost a lot of hair because of thyroid disease. It I lost about two-thirds of my hair. So this kind of helped me regain some of my hair health. Where I really desperately missed shampoo that foamed and smelled good. And mm-hmm. that, you know, you could just feel pretty while doing your shampoo. Mm-hmm. So then doing some research, I found this brand called Beauty Counter back in 2016. And I was like, huh they looked pretty good. I love their mission statement, which was getting safe products into the hands of everyone. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give the products a try. And I did. And I was absolutely smitten, because I could keep that arreglada culture without having to pour toxins already in my my already hurting body. Love that.
1: So let's talk a little bit about Beauty Counter.
0: Beauty Counter is a company that Their mission statement is bringing safer products into the hands of everyone. So we're a safer beauty company. So what that means is that we formulate products that have the highest ingredients with the highest standards, the highest testing possible to make sure that what you're putting in on your body is safer and it's better for you because beauty does not have to be bad for you. Beauty should be good for you and it should make you healthy, Mm -hmm. not
1: sick. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Find Beauty Counter and you start testing their product?
0: I do. So I started testing their products and I fell in love. I'm like, this is amazing. I want to buy all of it so I started just buying their stuff little by little later I found out wow. that one of my friend's sister was a rep for them so I started buying under her you know mm-hmm. just of to help her out because why not mm-hmm. and then I decided hey I love their mission I was telling everybody about them already because I fell in love with it so I was like I'm just going to sign up to be a rep myself because I can get 100% behind of what they're doing mm-hmm. I already love makeup I already love skincare I already love healthy makeup so this was just such a perfect fit for me. We have such a huge social mission as well. Mm-hmm. It's so sad, but women of color, we're more susceptible to toxic products. In our cosmetics, because hmm. the cosmetics ma- marketed to women of color, such as like skin lighteners, dye, hair relaxers. Yeah. Because we have to somehow, we think we have to fit this stereotype of light mm-hmm. skin, straight hair when we don't. Those <gasps> contain some of the most concerning <gasps> chemicals used in cosmetics. So I was like, I can get behind this because I don't want other Latin American women to go through what I went through. I want to educate people that there are safe
1: alternatives. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm blown away. I really am blown away. I know that there have been like organic companies, but I I didn't realize that there was like a specific company that not only has like top-notch products, but also that you can empower yourself as a mom, as a working mom and also rep for them. As moms, you have your your bebe there with you. (laughs) It's part of what we do. I work from home. (laughs) How we can empower ourselves to still be moms, still uh, be there for our kids, but at the same time not lose sight of our our yes. independence, our financial independence. I think it's wonderful that you found a company that you love their product, that you want to, in a true, honest way, represent them because they have done wonders for your life. Contributing
0: has been so great because when I got sick, I lost my career. I got sick right after college so I graduated I had so many plans and that all just fell apart and I feel like my life just fell apart when I got sick all my dreams all my aspirations just fell apart one of the symptoms that I still have is that I get fatigued very easily Mm -hmm. and I have tried once I got better I was like yay I'm going back into the workforce you know nine to five office co-workers the whole thing yeah and I just got sick again because Mm -hmm. my body just couldn't cope with the stress my husband is like, you cannot keep doing this to yourself. Like, I know you want to contribute. We need to yeah. find a way for you to do that. was perfect for me because I can do it from home. And the main thing is that I absolutely love it. So it does not feel like work. Yes, there is days that it's hectic and like I need to follow up with clients and everything. But I genuinely love doing that.
1: So tell us, like, what types of products can you find at Beauty Counter?
0: So you can find makeup. So your typical foundation, mascara, lipstick, lip glosses, highlighters, eyeshadows. You can also find skincare collections depending on your skincare needs for mature skin, oily, Face oils, combination skin. You can also find baby care products, which we love for Izzy.
1: Very good. Yeah, you can
0: find kid products like kids conditioner and shampoo. And you can
1: also find a whole line for men because men need, you know, clean beauty too. My husband, of course, and we want our men to be clean. I'm I'm so excited to check out all the products. I really am. By making small changes, you know, it doesn't mean that, that you have to go out and buy everything all at once. But yes,
0: that's you, very overwhelming. And I never advise people to do that unless they want to. Making little changes, like you said, is the most sustainable way to do anything.
1: Sarah, this has been so informative. I can't wait to go to the website and learn more. Where can I find out uh, more about these products? Yeah, so
0: you can go to beauticentercom slash Sarah Godby s a r a g o d b e y or contact me through email at sarah.saferbeauty at gmail.com
1: i am going to have a direct link in the show notes or if you go to the latinamomlegacy.com and click on today's on this episode's blog post you will see all the links as well
0: yes you can also find me at instagram where I share a lot of in- educational information. I demo the products and a lot of baby stuff. There's, It
1: is uh, Sarah underscore Godby. Very good. And Sarah has a very special gift for you listeners. If you go email her with your purchase, if you want to purchase anything from a beauty counter, she's going to send you un regalo.
0: I do. I love regalos. Regalos for my clients are like my life. So I will spoil you for sure.
1: So be sure to check that out. It has been wonderful getting to know this and and this journey. And she also has really great recipes on her website. So we'll make sure to to include those. We are back with Sara. It has been so great talking and, and learning all these things. It is a show tradition that we ask every single guest the same question. So, Sarah, this is your round of questions for the Latina Mom Legacy. What would you say is your biggest struggle as a mom?
0: To stop and eat. Definitely. I find myself that I'm I'm feeding Izzy her lunch, and then I'm like, oh, I
1: didn't even eat anything. Do you end up eating her, like, her snacks? <laughs>
0: sometimes i do or just a smoothie i've been trying to be better about having freezer meals like single serving lunches Mm -hmm. so i can just heat something up
1: and eat it when the kids are little when they're babies i think sometimes you get so caught up in taking care of them nurturing them feeding them that sometimes we forget a little bit about ourselves yes yeah i definitely do that what is a great piece of advice you've ever gotten from another mom or your mom I got this
0: piece of advice from a friend that I met over Instagram, and she told me to expect to be surprised.
1: Expect to be surprised. Now, what does that mean exactly?
0: So as in motherhood, I was kind of sharing with her how I was overwhelmed that things kept constantly changing. You know, one day she was napping, the next day she wasn't. And then she was cutting teeth, and it just seemed like an endless surprise. And she's like, yes, motherhood is an endless surprise. You just need to be, expect to be surprised, and then you'll be okay. And
1: oh, I love that,
0: that. That's been so wise, because every time there's a new corner that we're crossing, I'm like, oh, I needed to expect to be surprised. You know, this, this is not the unknown. The sure thing that I can expect from motherhood is that I will be surprised every day.
1: Okay, finish this sentence. Growing up Latina, I always want to be around family. Aww, I love that. Yeah. Who doesn't love to be around mommy and pop? No, yes. <laughs> it's just our culture. It's the world that we live. That family just it brings us back home.
0: It definitely does, and uh, you know we're not used to being alone. I remember just back home in Mexico, I never even went to the bathroom by myself. If you're at school, <laughs> you go with the bathroom with your amigas. It's not like you know, in, the American culture is so
1: different (laughs) and I feel like I miss being around a lot of people all the time what traditional Latino dish would you like to pass down to your kids and why
0: oh I have so many like I said I I absolutely love cooking I think I'm just gonna end up making her a cookbook oh I love
1: my grandma
0: gave my cousin when she got married a book of handwritten recipes for her and I just thought it was just such a good gift so I think oh, I want to leave this thing
1: that. oh that's so sweet oh I love that so much guys write a cookbook
0: <laughs> yeah just handwritten home mom recipes you know nothing fancy no Instagram worthy pictures or anything like that just what we eat at home every day
1: okay what Hispanic home remedy do you swear by Miel con limón. Ah, para la garganta. Yes. You have a
0: cold. Oh, yeah. Yes. Miel con limón. <laughs> for your throat, for your yes stomach, for your sad, everything.
1: Miel con limón.
0: Like, I it when I have a tummy ache, too, I think it's just... That's really? What my I, well, I haven't heard that. And that's what my grandma used to do. So it's like... So honey is really antibacterial. On, and man. so is limón. You know? So it just... It works Dada. for a
1: lot of Dada. things. Okay, Sara, what do you want your legacy to be?
0: Oh, that's a good question. So I think I will like a legacy of love and compassion. I want my daughter to know that I left this place better than I found it. You know, I always want to do better by Mama. her and by me and by other people. So I think that would be a pretty cool thing if I can achieve it.
1: I love that. Sara, it has been an absolute pleasure. I, I am beyond words. I, I learned First of all, I learned so much to really see how your journey through adversity, how you've come to embrace nutrition and wellness, that you've, you're sharing that with us is is really amazing. Sarah where can people connect with you?
0: So you can find me on Instagram at Sarah underscore Godby. And you can send me an email at Sarah.saferbeauty at gmail.com. I also have a new website. It's still in the works, but I have a couple of recipes up, and it is sarahgodby.com.
1: Esperamos to cookbook. I cannot wait to, to purchase <laughs> it when you, when you make it, even though you probably make it for your daughter. But Sara, thank you so much for being on the show.
0: No, thank you so much, Jenny. This is such a good platform. Thank you for having me over and listening and sharing yourself. This has been so, so good.
1: Sada's journey is quite amazing. Remember, listen to your gut and follow your instincts if something doesn't feel right with your body. Making changes in what you put into and onto your body can impact your well-being. Empower yourself with knowledge and seek the professional help you need, whether traditional or non-traditional, to get you on the path to wellness. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Latina Mom Legacy Podcast. For all of today's recommendations, including books, resources, and products, check out the show notes or visit the LatinamomLegacy.com and click on today's episode. Como siempre, mil gracias. And if you take the time to leave me a review, I'll take the time to share it. Let's connect, create, and carry on our Latinx heritage. Un beso, un abrazo, y hasta la próxima. Chao, chao. What do you want your legacy to be?